Thank you for listening to this week's Freedom Church podcast. We hope it helps and inspires you. Well, hey everyone. Today we are finishing our series entitled Soul Purpose. It's the last one over the last four sessions. In the last three sessions, we've talked about numerous things. We've been learning about this thing called the soul. We talked in the first week, we are not a body with a soul, but a soul with a body. And I know we're all much more complex than that. Maybe it's oversimplifying, but I want to reinstate the understanding that our soul is something that lives inside each one of us, breathed in by the breath of God, that you have a living soul. It makes you who you are. And we learn that as you go through life, we pick up stuff on the way through. We make mistakes. We make poor choices. We uh, do things we wish we hadn't done, regrets and decisions we've made. And it kind of pollutes our soul. It poisons our soul. The Bible calls it sin, the mistakes that we make. And we want to be healthy. We don't want to be unhealthy. Our body, our mind, our heart and our soul get out of line with each other. We disintegrate as those elements of who we are pull away from each other. And then in the last uh, session, we looked about the restoring of the soul. The soul needs to be restored. And the best person to bring restoration is the original creator, the maker, God himself. That God restores your soul. That a healthy soul is a connected to God soul. And so today in our final session, my talk is titled, My Soul Sings. My Soul Sings. Our soul is meant to do more than just survive. It's meant to just, just exist. It's meant to sing. It's meant to be alive. It's meant to be fully operating. And we want to be people that celebrate who God is through the gift he's given to each one of us of life itself. And I know there's a risk here. And my concern about this this talk today is, is that I know that some people will watch this and listen to this and then shrug it off and go, well, what's going to happen the rest of the week? What am I doing for the rest of today? And this may not be something you kind of take on board. It's just more information, more knowledge. And there's a danger when we talk about things of the soul that it becomes head knowledge rather than life transforming. And I know when I was preparing for this teaching series, I read a book. One of the books I read was called um, Restoring the Soul of Your Leadership by Ruth Haley Barton. It's a great book. I read the book and I talked to a friend of mine about the book and we both agreed it was a good book. But then she said to me, she said, but the gold in that book is the exercises at the end of every chapter. And when she said that, my heart sunk a little bit because I realised I'd read the book but I'd skipped all the exercises. I'd, I'd taken on all the knowledge, but I'd kind of ignored all the application. And I've, since that, I've gone back through and I've been, oh yeah, there's some really good stuff. I must do this more often. I encourage you, don't just listen, don't just learn, but actually try and challenge yourself to change, to transform. Your soul needs to be alive and singing. I don't want anyone to be having a damaged soul or even a surviving soul. I want a soul that is alive and a live soul is a soul that sings. And today I want to talk about how we can get our souls singing again. The challenge is that our soul is often seduced into second best, into settling for a lesser opportunity, for settling for not what God wants for each one of us. And and often what happens, these subtle differences come on and they're called idols and our self 
and our selfish ambition often create these idols. Exodus 20 says, you must not have any other God but me. You must not make for yourself an idol of any kind or an image of anything in the heavens on earth or in the sea. That's what God said to his his people. But there's a seductive nature of the world around us. A bit like that image of the, the snake in Jungle Book, Car, as he uses eyes to kind of say to, you know, the little boy there in that, that story, you know, trust me. Or maybe, you know, Eve in Genesis chapter three, when the serpent again looks and says all the right things and manipulates and seduces and says, you know what, there is a better way. There is a different way. And that is something we can all get sucked into. Each one of us susceptible to being uh, sort of, you know, sucked into thinking actually second best things are better than God. So how do we break this worship of idols and break this worship of self? I want to talk today about how through loving God through our worship and through loving others through our service is how we break this desire of self being front and centre of our lives all the time. We're designed and we're created to worship. We're made to worship, but then we get seduced into worshipping things that are not the things we should be worshipping, God himself. You might be sitting there going, well, I, I don't have any idols, Sim. I don't have any stone statues. I don't have any things that I bow to three times a day or make meals for or anything. Well, let me just share with you some of the things in my life that have the potential to become idols. And then maybe you can consider what sort of things you might have that have the potential to become exalted more than God. For instance, I love food. I love food. I love sitting around a table, having one of those big meals. And you're never sure when, is this the last course or are there more courses to come? I love the expectation. I love the presentation of beautiful food. I love sitting around a table with people which I've missed in recent times. And I want to be able to sit and to eat and enjoy great food. But I'm more than just someone who loves food or all that football. I love watching football with my family and my friends and uh, the recent changes of seeing you know, football on mass on our TV screens and suddenly I'm sitting there and watching lots of games and I'm enjoying watching more than I am playing and I'm spending time and I'm spending energy and spending money watching things. I think, oh, is that the best use of my time? I, I love feeling secure that I've got what I need to pay for what I need, that I have provided for my family, that I have uh, things that are in my house that are broken can get repaired and I have what I need for my children, like to give them a good education, to look after them, to bring them up well. I want to make sure that, um, you know, that we have things that we need for our children and the way that we want to bring them up in this world. And, you know, if you come into my home, you'll see all around our walls, we've got photos of our children. I love my children, I love my family. But if we're not careful, they can become our priority and they can actually push God out of the way. If you go into our home as well, you'll see we have, it's embarrassing to say, we have multiple TV screens in our home. And around each TV screen is set chairs ready to watch, pointed at the TV screen. And we can spend a lot of time just flicking and watching and flicking. And all these things have the potential to become idols. A smartphone, I love the internet, I love technology, I love the ability that I can go on my phone and I can connect with people all around the world instantly. It's amazing, but it doesn't have to take up a lot of my time. And then when I get that dopamine hit because someone liked my post on social media, I think, wow, I'm famous, I'm loved. And I'm like, whoa, hold on a minute. My desire to be loved by others 
is more important than my desire to be loved by God. And easily we can elevate other things above God. Our comfort, our home, the, the, you know, the, 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 the things that we do, the activities we take part in. We can enjoy life and we're meant to enjoy life and live it to the foot. Absolutely. But when it starts becoming more important, when the approval of others is more important than the approval of God himself, we've created for ourselves an idol. And God wants us to have no other idols before him. Yes, we can have stuff. But Mark 8 uh, in the Bible says, what do you benefit if you gain the whole world? but lose your soul. We are more than that. We are more than that. The more I love the world, the less room I have in my soul for God. And the more I love God, the less room I have in my soul for all the world has to offer. We need to give our attention back to God again. You see, if we can truly be content, it's like a superpower. When you are content, you cannot be manipulated or seduced by what the world has to offer. In Philippians 4, uh, the writer Paul said these things. I know what it is to be in need. I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. Paul was content and contentment stops you from being manipulated from all the offers that are around each one of us. The danger is that we know that we have many of these things that we idolise. We know that we sometimes give them more attention than we should. We know that our life revolves around these different, uh, some of them really good things. But the truth is, we don't care. We think, I'll get round to the God thing one day. I'll get around to repairing and restoring my soul one day. Right now, I'm just enjoying these luxuries. I'm enjoying these things I'm getting to do. I'm enjoying these opportunities. And we shrug and go, one day. But I want to challenge you today. If you want a soul that sings, if you want to be truly and fully alive, to be giving your attention back to God rather than things around you. When I started this series on soul purpose... I mentioned to a couple of people I value highly. And I said, look, I'm going to be talking about the soul for a few weeks. And someone said, oh, you mean you're talking about self? And they kind of rolled their eyes. Are we really going to talk about ourselves again? And I went, no, no, the self is not the same as the soul. And I had the conversation with two different people. I thought, actually, this is a really confusing message. Many people, when we talk about the souls, assume we're talking about ourselves. But the self is not the soul. The self is the projected ego we all put out there to tell the world who we think we want to be known as. And the soul is this intimate, quiet, uh, hidden part of us that often isn't seen. And the self and the soul can look really similar. And that is a lie which we've got to break because otherwise we think we're feeding our self and that self is good for the soul, but that's not true. The self and the soul are not the same. Imagine if you have two pets and one is called self and one is called soul. They are really different. They are different animals. They are different ways of working. They have different characters. You know, one, the self is noisy. It is loud. It is confusing. Whereas the soul is quiet. It brings clarity and calm. The soul, uh, self, sorry, loves to talk about the future. It's ambitious for the future. Or it loves to celebrate its past and how great things it's done. The soul is present and with you. 
The, se the self is, is always wanting more. It is never satisfied. It says, please, could I have more? Give me more. Whereas the soul is good at loving peace and simplicity. The self is always criticising, comparing itself to others, discovering what other people are doing, wish it was doing similar or better. The soul celebrates other people's success. The self is always in a rush, is always trying to do things, trying to fit more into its day. The soul likes stillness and it is satisfying and it is gentle and it is prodding you comfortably and calmly towards the best thing for you. The soul is quiet. The self is loud. Self makes excuses. It blames other people for its poor behaviour. The soul knows it's got some work to do to change and transform. The self is all about getting more and more, getting more attention, getting more stuff. The soul is about giving, about loving, about worshipping. It's so different. We need to understand self and soul are not the same things. So we can reduce self by worshipping God and serving others. But we can also reduce self by small actions. Little things we can do, I challenge you, if you want to see yourself reduced and your soul elevated, your love of God and your love of people elevated, try doing some of these exercises. Hold the door open and let someone else go in front of you. Put yourself second. It's not about being chivalrous, it's just saying to yourself, other people get to go first. It's about not taking the last piece of cake that you want for yourself. It's about saying when I order my meal in a restaurant that's opening, you want to go, actually, I'm not going to order all the trimmings that I want. I'm just going to have what I need. Or, for instance, you could say, I've got a special bottle of wine I've been saving for myself. I'm going to give it as a gift to someone else. I'm going to open it up for no reason apart from we've got friends around and we're enjoying their company. Or let someone else go in front of you when you're in a hurry especially when you're in a hurry or you're in the supermarket queue or you're driving your car, let someone go in front of you and just push self back down. Little victories against self promotes others and makes your heavenly father proud. Let's reduce ourself. In the 17th century, there was a man called Nicholas Herman. He was an uneducated servant that found faith in God. And for the rest of his life, he washed dishes in a monastery. He washed dishes for all of his life and he served and he was faithful and he died peacefully. At the end of his life, when they went to his bedroom where he stayed, they found lots of writings of things he'd written down in between his dishwashing shifts. And he wrote these things down and his friends collected them together in a series of writings. And it was put into a book that became known as The Practice of the Presence of God. It's one of the most popular books for 300 years, written by the monk that's now known as Brother Lawrence. Brother Lawrence lived a life of humility, of hiddenness. But after his life was over, all his thoughts were collected and celebrated. Sometimes we're so quick to want to promote ourselves. We need to humble ourselves and trust God. You may think, well, what does it matter if I have stuff? What does it matter? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter at all. You can have stuff, but God doesn't want stuff having you. But all the time we're doing that, we're cultivating the desires of this animal called self rather than promoting the needs of our soul. 
Developing the soul is a lifetime of practice. It never is too late to start, but it's hard work. It takes time to nurture and maintain a healthy soul. It's a slow and glamorous process, but it's worth doing. The most important thing in your life is not what you get. It's who you are becoming. That's who God is interested in. We reduce ourselves by doing selfless acts. We engage with our soul by worshipping God and serving others. Jesus asked the question, what's the greatest commandment? In Luke chapter 10, um, he said, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart. The Greek word there is cardia, center, your feelings, your emotions, with all your heart, with all your soul. That's your psyche, your breath, your spirit, with all your strength, your ishui, your might, your physicality. And with all your mind, your dianoia or your deep thought. And to love your neighbour as yourself, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul and strength, to love your neighbour as yourself, to love God and love others with all of you. That's the calling of the Christian faith. We fill our soul as we worship God. We fill our soul as we serve others. Psalm 103 says, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and don't forget his benefits. There are benefits to worshipping God. When you worship God, your soul is released, your soul soars, your soul sings. That's what happens when we serve people and we look after other people's needs. We fill our soul anew and our soul sings. Our soul cries and goes, I am alive again. My longing for God is fulfilled when I worship God, when I serve others, when I love God with all my heart, mind, soul and strength. And I love my neighbour as myself. That's when our soul is fully of life. That's why we do what we do. Our mission in life is not to gain. Our mission in life is to give and to serve, and to help, and to love. That's worship, giving our attention and our longing to God. A healthy soul is a worshipping soul. A soul is alive is a soul that sings. It sings. My question to you today as we finish this series on soul purpose is this. Who are you becoming? Who are you becoming? Is your soul singing or is it simply surviving or has it been neglected? A soul that is truly alive worships God through loving him and loving their neighbour as themselves. Let me pray for us. Lord God, I pray for each person listening, wherever they are seated right now, Lord, may they know your spirit ministering to them in this moment. May their soul be restless for more, may be restless for more. May they discover a greater understanding, a greater peace of what it means for their soul to be free. Lord God, I pray right now through the power of your Holy Spirit, you would minister, you would start a good work amongst us, that we would see lives restored, souls healthy and souls alive for you, we pray. Amen. For more information about Freedom Church, please go to www.freedomchurch.uk Thank you for listening.